Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 98. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you had a beautiful sunny weekend like we did here in Toronto, and we had a bit of a heat wave, which I know not everyone agrees, but I'm always game for a heat wave. And I find it helps lighten the mood a little bit, especially in these COVID times, to have a nice sunny day to enjoy. Anyways, light is not the theme of this week's episode. In fact, quite the opposite. Heavy is the theme of this week's episode. Because we've got Matt Heafy, singer, guitarist, frontman of heavy metal band Trivium, right here on the podcast. And this will be our fifth Stay Home episode. If you are listening in the future, this was recorded during the coronavirus pandemic where we were not supposed to leave our houses for much. And so our in-person podcast became a bit of a tricky thing. So Matt and I had a chat over the interwebs via video call. And this is actually the first Stay Home episode that wasn't a re-invited guest. And again, I said that that's kind of how we were starting. But, you know, if a good opportunity came along, and a good opportunity came along. In fact, actually, when I needed my dose of heavy metal, I'd actually been listening to a lot of Trivium lately. So the timing was was kind of awesome. And there was originally a loose plan of, of me and Matt doing an interview uh, in person because originally they were supposed to be in Toronto in June touring with Megadeth. But obviously that didn't happen again because of the pandemic. Thanks, COVID. But I wasn't going to let it spoil this opportunity. So... Matt and I spoke over Zoom, and one of the interesting things about doing these over Zoom is that you are doing it from people's homes, and Matt is a fairly recent father of twins, so you'll hear some poopy diaper cries in the background. But we got things done, and Trivium released their ninth studio album in April. It's called What the Dead Men Say, and it kicks some serious ace. If you were a fan of their last album, The Sin and the Sentence, you will also love this album. And as I explain in the interview, actually, I'm actually a bit of a newbie when it comes to being a Trivium fan because I fell in love with the band after their seventh album, Silence in the Snow. But better late than never to the party, right? So that being said, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommends segment, which is a little something we do for listeners of the podcast who are maybe new to the band. So here are five songs by Trivium recommended to you by the Adamantium podcast. So like I said, I became a Trivium fan quite a bit later, so most of my picks are from later in their discography, so diehards or OG Trivium fans might not necessarily agree, but now this is my podcast, so here are my picks. I always like to start with something new. So two songs off of What the Dead Man Say is first my favorite song off the album is called Bleed Into Me. And then the second song I'm going to recommend is actually the title track, What the Dead Men Say. Then going back to their 2017 album, The Sin and the Sentence, I recommend the song, The Heart from Your Hate. And then going back to the 2015 album, Silence in the Snow, where I became a Trivium fan, I'm going to recommend the song, Silence in the Snow, and also the song, Until the World Goes Cold. So I know those are mostly their singles, so the diehard Trivium fans are probably going, come on. But I think that's a pretty good place to start if you are a new fan. If you are a diehard Trivium fan tuning into the podcast for the very first time today, first of all, thank you for tuning in. We hope that you will come back again. We've actually had plenty of metal bands on the podcast, but if you're like me and like a variety of music as well, there's plenty of interesting artists that you can hear from. 
You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. So, moving on to today's episode, let's hear from Matt Heafy of Trivium, right here on episode 98 of the Adamantium podcast. Peace, love, and happiness, Adamantimaniacs. Have a great week, stay safe, and we will see you soon. And now you're gonna hear my kids. I'm also chasing my kids around while we do this, so it'll make it. No worries. No worries. It'll be that's the first. That's the first. <laughs> How's things, man? Good to see you. Good, man. Yeah, life is. It's oddly busier than it's ever been. Yeah, it's funny. How I think for yeah, I think it's for everyone. It's either less busy than ever or busier than ever. And I'm definitely exactly, busy. exactly. Man. I mean, originally, originally the plan was to do this in person, um, <laughs> but you know. A worldwide pandemic screwed that one up, but yes, uh, it sure it sure did. It sure but, did. But uh, from what I hear, the Megadeth tour is is going to be rescheduled for for next year. Yep. Yeah, I think with with a tour, luckily with a tour that strong and that powerful with that kind of lineup, it gets moved. It doesn't get canceled. It gets moved. Right. So that's it's better for everybody. So that way, people can, you know, a lot of people right now are unemployed or furloughed or you know working from home. This way, they can actually go to the show and buy a T-shirt and enjoy it and get a drink and not like worry about those kind of things. So hopefully, they push you to a time when people are able to get settled back a little better. Yeah, when we're all a little more comfortable. I was, exactly. Um, I was bummed, man, because I haven't. I've only seen you guys once, and it was back in 2014, I think. Oh dang! The tour, yeah. the tour with the Venge Sevenfold and Corn. Mayhem. Mayhem. That was it. That was it. Man. Yeah. If you haven't seen us with, with our current drummer, Alex, you have not seen us properly. And I'm, I'm a drummer, so. Oh, man. Alex I is did, unbelievable. I think it was the Catastrophist video that like really shows off some of his skills. The dude is a monster. Um, he yeah. just put on his Instagram, but he made a playlist of every record he's ever played on. He's played with like 20 different bands. Wow. wow. And his, his forte is like insane tech de- technical death metal, but it's also like Latin and gospel. And Really? He's, yeah, he's That's unbelievable. Cool. He's so I, good. I'm a drummer myself. So like when I watched that video, it made me like really self-conscious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And he does it so effortlessly. Like I've played with, obviously played with, We've had four studio drummers in our band and I've played with and seen a lot of drummers. And I definitely say uh, he is in my top five of greatest drummers I've ever seen play live uh, of any band. That's high praise, man. That's high Yes. Praise. Yeah. I definitely need to, cause at the time too, I have, I have to admit, I was a bit of a noob, uh, Trivium fan at the time too. No worries. No worries. It was around, it was around silence. Was that, was that tour before uh, that or after been, silence in the snow? That would have been vengeance falls. I think if 2014, yeah. Vengeance falls. I think. Gotcha. So record six, and now yeah. we're on record nine, and every single yeah. one is so different. I mean, eight and nine are semi-similar, but one through eight are I was thinking that opposites. It was yeah. it was silence in the snow where I was like, "Damn, I I, I got to listen to this band." <laughs> <laughs> awesome, thank you very much. No man, thank you, thank you. So let's uh, congratulations on the new album. Thank you. The dead man, uh, what the dead men say, and it is it is awesome. I, like I've listened through it a number of times already. It's been on my playlist for a couple months now. Tell me, tell me a little bit what it's like releasing an album in in a quarantine. It's weird. Um, we were asked like because we had the record date selected way before the quarantine happened, but 
as soon as we were proposed with the initial question, do you want to push this because of record sales? We just said, no, there's no way we want to push this. We want to give people something to enjoy during this time. And we don't care about CD sales. We just want to give people that. I mean, our record's 47 minutes, that 47 minutes of entertainment, the 47 minutes of being disconnected, of feeling engaged with or being, you know, just having that escape from this weird time. And that, that's the same reason why I'm so dedicated to my stream. Um, it's free. It's five days a week. It's two streams a day. It's about four to six hours a day. And the same purpose is there to give people a place where they can be socially connected with people that have the same interests and same, same things that they want to do and like, and give them that escape. Some people need the escape because they're stuck and they're, like I said, furloughed or unemployed. And some people need mm. entertainment or background noise while they watch their kids and try to work from home. That's you can hear the, the sounds of children while you're working. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, congratulations on a being a fairly, fairly new dad. Thank you. Um, twins, is, twins is crazy. I, I bet. It's like zero to jump to two. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just got a dog and that's, that's enough. <laughs> that's yeah. Dog, dogs are really good practice. We've, we've heard a lot of like people said, oh, dogs are nothing like it, but we had a special needs dog who was diabetic and she was also a very sassy, angry, amazing dog. And so that was really good training. Uh, mine's got the sassiness. She's a rescue. So, uh, oh, yeah. yep. They'll have that. She's had, she's been a little bit of work, but she's also great. She's passed out on the couch next to me at the moment. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um, but that you mentioned the streaming and that, like, I think that's one thing I admire about, about you is, uh, you're able to stay connected to your fans all the time. through Twitch Has that been kind of a rock quarantine? Definitely. It, it's been, I, I tell them this often just as much as they've been, just as much as I've been there for them. It was like, my goal was being entertainment or whatever they needed. A place is a place where people can be communal because we do have a really great community where you know we've got a lot of yeah, you're okay you're okay we've got a lot of like-minded people in there who you know just want a place to be with with fellow people that you know as we can see the way the world is right now i'm so geez, that happens a lot um as we can see you know the world's in a really weird place right now but i'm happy that our band since record one we have always showed exactly what kind of people we are and exactly our beliefs we've never had to We've never had a mask it. It's always been there in our songs. So we've got a really great fan base that, you know, is all about the same mindset. And it's great to give them a, a place where they can be, where they can't be out physically, but they can be socially connected. So as much as I've been doing that for them, they've been doing that for me. And I'm able to keep up my chops and be able to be entertained by them and be connected with them as well. So it's, it's definitely a, like, a, you know, a cyclical arrangement there. And it's cool too, because it's like a little bit of everything from your life too. It's 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 guitar clinics, it's uh, gaming, uh, it's uh, jujitsu, and uh, it's it's really cool. Um, is there any? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a, a, a fair weather gamer now, but uh, I always consider myself a gamer. So, what's your poison at the moment? I mean. It's been a varying, like my, my favorites of while I've been streaming, it went from Overwatch to Fortnite, back to Overwatch, and then now it's Valorant. I'd, I'd say Valorant's probably my favorite. Nice. Valorant's kind of a mix of Counter-Strike. Yeah. It's maybe like 90% Counter-Strike and 10% Overwatch. Yeah. It's, okay. it's amazing. I love so that. The MMOs. Thing. No, no. It's actually a first-person shooter. Um, okay. It's a first-person shooter with abilities, but the abilities aren't as they aren't as massively game-changing as, like, Overwatch is. Right. So everyone has sort of the same set of tools. Like, it's got the economy system where 
if you win, you get money. If you lose, you don't mm. really get as much money. So you have to kind of buy your way to the, to the weapons you like. But what's Got weird it. about the game is like a game like COD, that's, that's a game like I grew up playing called Doom Modern Warfare on console. Right. And I'm a PC gamer. Um, for console games like COD, it's all about like running and gunning and kind of you, you can run and jump and shoot. Overwatch, jumping and shooting. Fortnite, jumping, building and shooting. But this game really punishes you for movement. So okay. you have to be very tactical and you have to move slowly. And when you're shooting, if you're moving around, you're not going to hit them. So I, I find right. it very interesting. So this is the kind of game that makes you great at your aim. Like, um, you know, nice. everyone's always told me, if you want to get good at aim, get good at Counter-Strike. Right. And this is that right. same yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I was always, it was always hard. Like, I always joined the, the, the massive, or like the online multiplayers too late. So by the time I got on, everyone was already so good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was that's, that's, that's what... That's what Fortnite's like. Like the skill gap right. is crazy because people play for eight to twelve hours a day and they're just yeah, too the, good. The first time I played, like it was already like three months in, and I was like lasting like five seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've always been a console console gamer. Yeah, I was my whole life, and then when I started getting into streaming, um, it's well, you have to. It's right? odd that yeah, most people just want to watch people PC gaming, which is interesting. It's like it almost. I was like, why does it matter what they're what the streamer is playing? But for some reason, that's that's the thing. But I, I do think that there is much more of a refined aim with keyboard and mouse. But a lot of pros play controller on PC as well. And I think the COD esports league is all console, which is like kind of a rarity. Most other esports professional things are are PC. Right. And I uh, I noticed before we get off the topic of this of, of Twitch, I noticed you had I'm a big WWE guy, and I noticed you had Baron Corbin on there recently. <laughs> and I know he's a big metal guy, so I was curious how you guys became became buddies. Yeah, I one day I saw he I, either he DM'd me or public messaged me just saying, "Hey, I did I dig your band." I said, "Hey, anytime that you can make it out, come on down." And we traded numbers, and I can't remember who hit each other up first, but I said, "I think I said, hey, we're playing Tampa," or he said, "You guys are playing Tampa." I said, "Come to the show." Gave him AAA tickets, came down, met him, gave him a big hug, and he's an amazing dude, a good friend of mine. We've stayed in touch, you know, during this whole thing. We we really stayed in good touch during the time that we had our kids. Um, he had his daughter shortly after we had our twins. Okay. So we we're able to really bond over that, like dealing with like first time injuries of our kids and stuff like that. So he's, right. he's an amazing dude, big metal head. And I grew up, my era of wrestling that I was into was like heartbreak kid. Yeah. Shawn yeah. Michaels. That, that was like kind of the era that I was into it. And I've just always thought Baron's just a really awesome person having, you know, he's a, I met a, him. a throwback villain, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. Like I was able to get to know him his personality outside of wrestling more of so before seeing the personality of it. So I think that's, that's a really interesting and cool thing. Of course. Of course. Um, going back to the album uh, real quick. Um, one thing I've always liked about Trivium albums is the songs are very topical. Um, so often I like to pick out a song and talk about it. And uh, my favorite song off the new album is Bleed Into Me, which is also the newest single. Um, and all I could really find about was was his description with this about neglecting personal issues. Are you able to maybe delve a little bit more into that song? Tell us a little bit more about it. With this record and with what the Dead Men say, we've been leaving it up for mainly interpretation for the listeners because we want people to come up with a, what they mm-hmm. feel it is. And then in time and like, you know, a year or so after people have been able to be creative, like we like to inspire our audience to think what they think something means. And we want them to know that there is no right or wrong answer, basically. It's, it's an approach we took on in waves and then it's mm-hmm. something that later on will tell them. So you seeing that and you reading that and reading that it is, it's the right answer as well. And I remember the first time that I read through the lyrics of the song, I even saw something really different because Paulo wrote the lyrics of that track. 
And when I told him what I felt and what I saw in it, it was even something different than what he wrote from. So okay. that's, that's why I like to not give the answers away too soon. Right. So that way there's just all these other worlds you can open up in people's minds with that. Very cool, man. Very cool. I dig that too. Um, you've, you've been posting a lot of lyrics uh, lately and you guys have written songs about freedom and, and oppression. And with the point we are, where, where we are right now in, in history, do you think that what's going on right now will, might ignite you to, to write some more songs like that? I mean, we always have. It's something that we've always kept in our music. Like I said, I mean, if I think of so like societal issues, the first time we would have really ever went into that would have been, yeah, Ember to Inferno, When All Light Dies, When All Light Dies, a song about domestic violence, uh, child abuse. It's a topic as well that I revisited on Gunshots to the Head of Trepidation on the Crusade, Contemporary Contamination. It's, it's odd. Crusade is a record that I feel like was really under, undervalued for the importance of its lyrics. Contemporary Contamination is a song about a man named Amadou Diallo. You can look up Amadou Diallo, but it's a, it's a similar situation to what we saw with George Floyd, where, I mean, the first lines in the song are mistaken identity. You really got this one wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, with it also being Pride Month, and Pride Month being something that, you know, hasn't been able to be talked about because there are other issues going on right now. Um, the song In Sadness Will See Her off the crusade is also about you know, a person is about telling a story. It's about Matthew Shepard. Um, and the story with Matthew Shepard is absolutely heartbreaking. And I thought it was important to make a song about that. Mm-hmm. So that's stuff that we like to keep in there with dead men. Same thing. It has not so much specific issues or specific events as the crusade was very specific. Um, enters the conflagrations, a story about Andrea Yates, uh, with this record is more looking at the world or the world as a whole at times and delving into each song. You know, every single song is, is, we make sure that it's as important as the musical lyrics are. Mm-hmm. Very cool, man. Um, and your, your guitar playing too, you have a very particular style. Um, one that I've seen lots of people online trying to learn some of your guitar riffs and stuff like that. My question to you is when you first picked up a guitar, what were the riffs that you wanted to learn right away? Um, when I first picked up guitar, it was like the cool thing to do. So I just picked it up. I tried it for a band when I was in, I was in seventh grade and I tried it for this band of eighth graders. My tryout song was Damn It by Blink A2. I tried out. I thought I was good. And then, oh, Akira, our, our son hits, hits our daughter sometimes, but she, she hits him too. They don't understand. It's a love, they're, a love tap. They're, yeah, they're young. They don't understand yet. Um, where was I? Uh, but yeah, so I tried out for a band, didn't get the call back, and I pretty much gave up on guitar. And then I was sort of over guitar, the idea of being in a band, and someone lent me the Black Album by Metallica. And mm-hmm. I said, that's the kind of music that I want to play. That's the kind of music that I'm meant to play. And from there, I locked myself in a room and played until I could mimic those sounds that I was hearing, not knowing that that is what it is to practice. That is what it is to get good at something. And the next band I that caught notice of me. I played my eighth grade talent show. I've gotten obviously better at guitar. And I played No Leaf Clover by Metallica at a talent show for eighth grade. I was asked to try it for a high school band called Trivium. They'd been around for two months. I came in there. I was 13 and everyone else was like 16, 17. I played for <laughs> My trot song was from the bell tolls. Played it perfectly. Uh, made it in the band and I've been in the band ever since. Oh, that's crazy. I know. I, I read that. It's crazy that Trivium's been around since you were 13. Yeah, so it's 20, 21 years or 20 years now. I think tw- 21 yeah. years now I've been in the band. Yeah, that, um, what I also thought was really cool was um, I think I read that that first audition you had played Damn It by Blink-182. 
Yeah, that that was for the pop punk band that didn't let me in. Right. And I just I just couldn't play it well enough. I, I'm sure I thought I was good, but I'm sure I was terrible. Right. Well, well, when I when I was in school, I was in a a like a battle of the bands, and we played always. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm probably the same thing. We thought we were pretty good, but. <laughs> I think each of us started with something kind of like punkish or pop punkish. Like I started out with Damn It, Bubble Link Winnie 2. I think Paulo did the same. I think Corey played Smash or All I Want by The Offspring. I also played, okay. self, I played Self-Esteem at my seventh grade talent show, actually. Yeah. And No Leaf Clover at my eighth grade talent show. So yeah, that's those those bands are all yeah, kind you always, of hard. You always, the, I remember I, I I'm I'm still not good at guitar, but I bought a guitar so I could learn Iron Maiden songs. Like just all I wanted to do was play fast and and heavy. <laughs> Shake my parents' house. Yep. Yeah. Um I also uh you know, I, I, I grew up doing a bit of illustration and one thing I admire about you guys too is the artwork that accompanies a lot of your um a lot of your music. Um, so I wanted to pick your brain. I don't know if you guys do your own artwork or if you have the same artist. Um, but I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about the symbolism of like the reappearing ram head, um, and the horn skulls. For us, just like I said, how lyrics, we look at lyrics as being something that must be thought out and as important as the lyrics, sorry, as the music, everything in, in the realm of Trivium, we make sure is as important as the next or the last lyrics are as important as music is as important as music videos as the photos as the merch we really want to make a world where it all lives i feel we didn't start nailing absolutely everything till different points i feel like it was in waves where we nailed everything we nailed the documentary we said let's make a different kind of documentary than what bands are doing let's make it black and white just mm-hmm. simple little ideas to be different um we said what's the opposite of a live dvd let's have a live dvd with no crowd so we did that chapman live thing on in waves mm-hmm. we said um what's the opposite of what we just did because shogun we all had long hair it was super technical very difficult progressive kind of death metal vibe so what's the opposite of that we said short hair less riffs minimalism a song that has two words for a chorus so it's always about doing opposites um as far as visuals go we don't do our own stuff but we always make sure we find someone that's incredible usually someone within our circle oh wait did i just hit stop oh you're good you're good okay and then um for this record my wife's a graphic designer and illustrator. She's been the art director for the last couple of records. She was the art director for this record as well. Um, she did the cover for the last record. Incidentally, um, originally we're going to have it be a photograph of the last record. She started designing symbols for the songs. We saw the symbol. We said, this is absolutely it. Oh, uh, sorry. That's, that's really cool. I kept it in the family. <laughs> exactly. And so with this record, yeah, you're getting the full home experience. There's people knocking at the door. There's babies running around. <laughs> um, and so with this record, she found this incredible photographer named Mike Dunn, who did the band photos for us. And when the band photos went well, she saw that in one of the photos, there was this little flower next to me. And mm-hmm. she asked Mike to do some more test shots of that. Did the test shots, and lo and behold, that became the cover of the record. We found this amazing videographer named Ryan Macfall, who's actually been a Trivium fan since 2005. He saw us at one of our most legendary shows, Download 2005. Yeah. Um, he was there. He's been with the band since then. And we gave him all the lyrics and the music. And we said, come up with you, come up with what you see in this music for the music videos. And he's been creating the incredible music videos that you see. So it's all about finding people that are experts in the field. And I think that so many bands would benefit from having an art director. I know that most yeah. bands would probably be like, why would we do that? But it makes sense. Like I feel like a lot of bands can come up with the loose concepts, but we're good at making music. Band guys aren't necessarily always 
I know a lot of band guys think they're good at everything, but they're really not Mm -hmm. like recognize when you're an expert at something and recognize when there's someone that can do it better, explain your concept and partner with them and they can make Mm -hmm. something to the next level. Yeah. And like, I mean, like you said, those music videos are are killer and they kind of, like you said, all tie in together kind of in a cohesive theme. Um, I mean, the one of catastrophes was like, it was like cinematic, you know, that could have been expanded into a movie, you know? Absolutely. And that's, that's what we've always loved. And it was really, like I said, in waves is when we figured out a lot of things that we hadn't figured out yet. We've always figured out the music and every record has been different, but it was in mm-hmm. waves where we, where we really nailed band photos, documentary, live DVD, music videos, um, how the band should look, how yeah. the band should present itself. That's when we really nailed it. We nailed merch. I mean, merch we've always kind of nailed, but I feel like for, as far as in waves went, it had everything really brought together. And same thing with Dead Men, same thing with Sin. Um, and yeah, that, that's always been something that's been just so important to us that everything has to be of the same quality. Even merch. Mm-hmm. Merch is a thing that I've talked to a lot of band guys that don't really think too high high of it they don't think too much of it like i would just let our label pick out let our merch company pick out some artists but that's not the way we are we investigate every single artist every single piece we make sure every single thing is to the quality and is hand selected just like our music would be gotcha very cool man uh i don't want to keep you chilling but if i could keep you for another minute um we like to do something fun at the end of our episodes and that's usually like a little hot seat round Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's 12 quick questions in a minute Uh, so hopefully hopefully you can hear it (laughs) yeah yeah i'll start the timer and we'll see if we can get through them all right starting now master of puppets or black album master puppets die hard or lethal weapon die hard favorite snack food onigiri uh the rock or steve austin the rock favorite cartoon rick and morty Arthur Morgan or Geralt of Rivia? Geralt of Rivia. Uh, favorite quarantine meal? Mm, tacos. Number of the Beast or Power Slave? Damn. Um, number of the Beast. Would you rather be able to speak to animals or speak all foreign languages? All foreign languages. Uh, favorite venue? Anywhere in Japan. Disney World or Universal Studios? Universal Studios, but just for Harry Potter World. First thing you're going to do post-quarantine? Go to a restaurant. You did it just in time. Just in time. <laughs> awesome. Very nice, man. Very nice. Some of those were tough, too. Yeah, they, they were definitely, I enjoyed that. I haven't done a lightning round thing in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I always think it's fun. It's a nice kind of light mood thing to, to end off an episode with. So. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Matt. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. No, you're obviously very, very busy. So um, I really appreciate it. And, um, well, uh, next time, hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll meet in Toronto. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. really appreciate it. The Adamantium. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.